five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier podcast, everything to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the voice coming from the great beyond that happens to be your earbuds, headset, speakers, smartphone, or possibly your car. Joined virtually, as always, by Omnistrife at, well, Omni at Omnistrife. I mean, you're Omnistrife too. Yeah, well, I, I, I answer to both, so... True. Uh, but it's the two of us here again, two weeks after we were last with you, uh, to break down the Overwatch League news as it relates to the Vancouver Titans, Toronto Defiant, and the league in general. And boy, do we have a show in store for everyone tuning in. Lots of content to talk about. Uh, in the past two weeks, lots has taken place. This is also our power rankings episode i wish i could like do like some audio effects like power power rankings rankings power rankings man uh, that just i don't know. someone i i hope no one's <laughs> ears just exploded that that's because our rankings are popping they are powered by science as they always are so I, um, if you are in a, in a car i hope you have a long drive ahead of you because it's going to be a long one i think well, <laughs> it's funny you mention it. Uh, a, a listener of my Canucks podcast uh, once said that uh, he enjoys listening to the show on his road trips because our show with the Canucks side generally about as long as, as RSP is. It's about an yeah. hour, a little bit more. And his girlfriend uh, really enjoys it because my voice lulls her to sleep. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I'm like, is that a good thing? Like, is that a backhanded compliment? He's like, no, no. She really likes the sound of your voice. It just puts I mean, her at ease. If she's not into hockey, then it's fine. Yeah, I'm not sure she's in the hockey or not. I, I just it was it was an interesting thing to learn. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, my voice is not doing the same thing on the esports side, or Omni's voice is you know doing the same thing, or maybe you know irritating. But then why would you tune in if either one of our voices was irritating? Right? I don't know. There are some uh, people who have weird uh, choices and taste tastes out there. I mean, we're still here, so. Something is obviously wrong with our listeners. Yeah. I mean, in considering how you can take your voices and, you know, become big time content creator, tune in next week for RSP ASMR. Yeah. Voices for the newspaper. <laughs> Faces too. Um, but no, we're going to talk about, <laughs> as you said, what's going on in the Toronto Defiant world. A couple uh, uh, new people to talk about there. Some changes. The Vancouver Titans. There's sort of, again, they exist, but some stuff we can talk about about the team. Uh, Los Angeles Valiant have a roster, so we'll talk about that before we get into our power rankings, and then there is a tourney taking place this weekend. If you didn't already know, which is quite possible considering I have not seen a whole lot of chatter about it. So you know what? Let's uh, let's just start pushing this payload. Moving the payload! Join me! No word of a lie. Moments after the episode goes live, the Toronto Defiant start tweeting out, Tickets from LA to Toronto with uh, I think it was an In and Out burger included on the uh, on the <laughs> receipt, and it's it's obvious at that point that Agilities was returning to the Toronto Defiant. It was officially announced he is joining them as a content creator. If you happen to be a member of Ready Set Pwn Discord, you probably 
would not be too surprised by this simply because it was something we had talked about, I want to say like a month or so ago when word that the Los Angeles Valiant were essentially completely going in a, a new direction. Uh, we also had talked about the possibility of obviously Agilities joining Vancouver, which never occurred, but I like this move. I mean, Agilities is a good personality, good kid. Uh, he was really well received uh, by the, the Defiant uh, market and fans. Yeah. And if there's one thing that the Defiant, uh, you know, truly want to do is is find different ways to, to connect with their community. And Agilities is now number three in the content creator uh, bench because you have Q, who's been along for the entire journey, and, and Fran, who was uh, announced uh, just a few weeks back. So, again, yeah. good, good for Agilities. Yeah, it starts to look like a pretty stacked lineup, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, it was unfortunate how he couldn't get a playing spot with everything that went down with the Valiant, but this is the second best option for him, I guess. So yeah, it's props to both him and the Defiant. Yeah. And I think, you know, in, in based on some of the conversation that took place and some of the comments that he had made is that there was an opportunity to possibly go and, and play with another team, but he ultimately decided returning back to the Defiant, becoming a content creator under the uh, Toronto banner was the best play for him. And, uh, you know, us here at uh, RSP um, couldn't be any more more happy uh, for this development. It's good that he's still involved uh, with the Overwatch League. Mm -hmm. Sticking on uh, the Toronto Defiant side of things, uh, we also learned that Dominique Jalano uh, was uh, leaving both the Toronto Defiant and Toronto Ultra. Uh, for those that might follow her online, she's at uh, Wisdom12 or WI5DOM12. And Dominique is someone I actually knew before. Uh, the Overwatch League and, and Call of Duty League ever became a oh, thing. Really? Uh, just through social media for the most part. Uh, but uh, we had actually connected and talked about, uh, you know, gaming and and what have you uh, a handful of times. And when I saw that she had got the gig with the, the Toronto Ultra, I was actually, you know, quite excited that uh, someone sort of in my, my social media circle had had found that opportunity. And I would have not known that that was an area that she was interested in. But... Mm -hmm. uh, over the course of, I guess, last year into the season, she had expanded her role to become much more involved in the Toronto Defiant, but had decided that uh, for her, her sort of, um, you know, personal uh, well-being, that she needed to make some some adjustments within her life, and she had determined that uh, now was the the time for her to to depart, and so she has left both the Toronto Defiant, Toronto Ultra. She shared on social media, again, it was for her own sort of personal well-being. And, and when the pandemic is is over, she has plans to to relocate to, to Europe. So again, mm -hmm. uh, while for those who listen to our podcast, you might not know of her, again, it's it's a very good person. She's good people. And uh, it's it's obviously a shame uh, when, when people do need to make the decision to leave, but then it was for her personal well-being. And that's, you know, a powerful decision to make. Always look out for yourself and ensure you're you're taken care of. And I'm not trying to castigate blame or anything of the sort. It's just, you know, it's unfortunate that we didn't get an opportunity to get to know her even better. Um, you know, as she was starting to to become more involved with the Defiant. Right. Good luck with the next step. Yeah. And uh, sort of wrapping things up on the Defiant side, uh, in the past couple of weeks, they were also active in uh, the sort of uh, content creation space, but she, they also hosted a, a women in gaming panel. 
um, which uh, showcased not only the the women that are involved here with the Toronto Defiant, uh, but they had uh, uh, Zoe was uh, there involved, Lemon Kiwi, uh, Katie Bedford, Fran, obviously there, Nuki, uh, Marissa Roberto, and uh, the video, uh, which is still available if you watched it live, um, obviously you could have done that as well. Um, it is a really good conversation about, you know, some of the challenges and really issues that, that just women in esports and in gaming are constantly facing. And, uh, I was for lack of a better you know way to describe it, just blown away at some of the, the stories that they yeah. shared. Yeah. Like you said, it was very informative. It was very candid. I really liked the conversation that was going on. And and if some people still think that it's no longer an issue, especially with you know these big names that you see uh, succeed and, and go up and up, it's it's only a testament to how great they are to actually you know have gone through all of these you know trials and tribulations, for lack of a better word. I, I mean, I have a lots of better word, but this is a family. Uh, oriented podcast, but it's unbelievable. Like you said, if you are, uh, you know, living under a rock or your probably brain is just go back and listen to some of the horrible things these ladies went through and they tell you better than I ever could convey. And, and I feel like what they said there really resonated with me that we, I don't know, as content creators, and I mean us, uh, you know, male, uh, people that are involved in gaming we are also husbands brothers fathers to girls and women who game and they need we need to stand by their side as allies and amplify their voices because apparently it's not enough it's it's uh it's incredible well it's clearly you know not enough that that what we're we have been doing and i use that sort of as the collective we you and i um can do more and it's not to suggest that we're we're not doing something already. It's just that there are opportunities for us to truly be allies to, to women in esports. And considering, you know, some of the news that that sort of shook the esports scene and, and the Overwatch League scene specifically after our, our last show, yeah. as it pertains to Sinatra, um, I, I, I was just completely blown away and then quite a bit disappointed by the reaction that, that some people within the scene had to that news um we if you follow rsp on twitter you saw us share this message but i think the statistic uh, bears mentioning again one in four women in north america are going to be sexually assaulted during their lifetime one in four so based on that percentage alone there is a strong likelihood that you know a woman who's been sexually assaulted but more importantly that statistic is likely going to suggest that you know several women who have experienced sexual assault in their life. And the fact that that is the case, it should should stop you in your tracks. Like, it's not a matter of, oh, I would never do that. It, that's not, not the issue here. Yeah. It's that if while you might not, someone else will. So what is it that we can do to ensure that women have an opportunity to, to enjoy gaming, to just enjoy things that we as, as men uh, take for granted. Um, you know, I have obviously my wife here in, in baby force, my daughter, and I would love for there to be a, a world 
where they're not immediately inundated uh, with with comments if they happen to be in the gaming space or online, or that they could go for a walk and not have to worry about their own personal safety. Right. Right. Like I, there are times where I'll go for a walk depending on where I might be and I my, my sentences are heightened, but that's not the moment I step outside the door here. And I, again, while I can't speak for what that experience is like for women, it's important that we consider that if we had that ability to live a life on their shoes, like what is it that we could do to change things? And, and, you know, I, I wish I had solutions. I don't, it's just that if there's sort of two words that, that I can share, believe women. Yeah, I agree. And again, I, I strongly encourage you to go and, and watch the video if you haven't done so already. Um, it's available on the Toronto Defiant YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Toronto Defiant. Uh, watch it. You'll um, be be not only amazed with the, the ability and the stories that this fantastic group of women share, but I, I do hope it helps open your eyes to what more we, and again, I'm using the collective we in this perspective, uh, can do. Talking about the Vancouver Titans. Normally, at this point in time, we say they exist, and they do. But we've actually seen some conversation take place uh, online uh, regarding the Titans. And the first thing that I actually want to touch on uh, was a tweet shared by uh, Dave Bench, who is uh, essentially player representation, uh, games director for SEG Esports, uh, Valorant and Overwatch specifically, but... Uh, he was actually replying uh, to sort of a, a commentary uh, from Dustin Bowerman. Is it is that how we refer to him as now? I think so. Yeah, Dustin Bowerman okay. and Dante. Um, but it was about sort of decisions that are made by Overwatch League teams as it sort of pertained to contenders. And his tweet was uh, nepotism, putting it kindly. Lots of owl teams who have decision makers that are flat out dumb. I literally shopped a powerhouse team to the Titans a year ago, and the person making decisions for them at the time said, all contenders, teams are the same. Now, if you listen to our show, you've heard the frustration we've shared about the decision makers within the organization. Yeah. We don't necessarily know who they were prior to sort of more modern times, um, but some of the decisions that were made often seem to appear confounding at best, but potentially maybe completely misunderstanding the competitive Overwatch League scene. And so I, I had retweeted uh, Dave's tweet, and I also made it very clear because he said in a follow-up uh, uh, reply that this was the decision-making group before Justin uh, joined uh, when sort of the second win crew came on to, to the Vancouver Titans scene. So we, you know, if you listen to the show, know that that is what we call the reckoning and the world where Justin, the second uh, wind crew game on board is post reckoning. Well, Dave actually replied to us, his reply, Justin is great, which is good because there's a good chance you're going to hear Justin join us on a, an update coming show and wink, uh, wink. talk about the Titans. Uh, but he's, he goes on to say, teams should have people familiar with the competitive scene involved in the decision-making process when it comes to roster building. To be fair, 
Most of the league has improved there, but it's eye-opening how this was often not the case during the first three Wait, do you mean to say that it's not only the most competent people who occupy key positions in esports and they don't always make the best decisions? Apparently, I mean, that's eye-opening. Like, how could that even be? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? Um, I feel like we've beaten this dead horse like so many times, so I I won't be speaking about the Titans specifically, but I think it's more of an issue that is uh, prevalent throughout esports entirely. And, And I think a lot of them have terrible reputations for a good reason, like nepotism, grudges, bigotry. There's a lot of general lack of competence and professionalism uh, that, and that will all happen where lots of money is usually invested by, you know, billionaires who are out of touch in some new craze. And, and, and it trickles down to people who have real, very little managerial, operational or business acumen. And, and it's not nice, but that's what happens. It happens with every relatively new field. Kind of reminds me of the dot com bubble when you know money was just flowing to anyone who could put together like a ten sentence pitch. It's growing pains, and 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 only the orgs that are properly managed they they will weather the storm. So it is improving, but there's oh, plenty of more hurdles. Uh, again, to put it nicely, that we will see teams encounter not just the Titans, but not excluding Titans as well, obviously. Yeah. And again, you also point out the obvious. It, it's a dead horse that we've sort of continued to beat. It's happened. It's in the past. And if there's one thing that's becoming <laughs> more apparent is that the organization, at least from sort of what we see more publicly, is much more engaged and, right. and much more in tune with the competitive scene. Justin's active. Right. Uh, within, you know, Titans Discord to an extent. Uh, he engages on social media. Uh, our hope is, is that we're going to have him join us for an upcoming show as sort of part of our uh, season preview series. So, so look uh, forward to, to that information. Um, but uh, it's just unfortunate that uh, everything happened as it did, considering the, the opportunity that Vancouver had in, in front of them that uh, for one reason or another, they just failed to capitalize yeah. on. And I'm not meaning like what I said in a very bad manner, like, oh, well, we all know what should have been uh, done. Like, look at, uh, you know, uh, teams like San Francisco Shock and stuff like that. That's the minority everywhere. So mm-hmm. uh, the odds are very much against you when you start out such a big project like the Overwatch League or if you venture into esports. So that is expect just like it expect it's expected. So we shouldn't be surprised with more examples of things like that but but like you said the most important part is to to use it as a learning opportunity and then like a and grow from it yeah the uh other uh item that came out about the vancouver titans uh just uh, happened to to hit uh, online uh, today and that was uh, an interview that uh, flabby head coach of the titans uh, had with volumel over on gg recon and nothing too you know game changing came out of the article. Um, but there were a few things that, that Mm -hmm. uh, Flubby sort of alluded to one, how last season and and how the team got put together as quick as it did. The struggle that they had was being completely remote, Mm -hmm. uh, made it difficult to, to understand sort of 
the players' emotional states, how they were handling the transition, and everything else that sort of goes into becoming a an effective uh, esports player. He talked about uh, the sort of changes that they made over the course of the offseason, um, the roles that uh, the likes of Fire and, and right. Five Wiener and, and Logic, or Logic, sorry, uh, Linkser will be playing uh, within the existing group uh, where you have Rolf, uh, Dalton, and uh, Shred in play and talks a little bit about Taru. He is accepting of the underdog role believes that that's probably a, a good way to describe the team, but feels that it sets the team up to potentially upset mm-hmm. opponents who take them lightly. And uh, he did say that he believes he's under contractual obligations to suggest the Vancouver Titans are going to take the two matches against the Toronto Defiant uh, <laughs> a little more as with a little more importance than maybe others. Yeah, I completely agree. I also came off the the uh, reading the interview with you know positive feelings. I feel like they're talking a lot, not just in this uh, interview, but they speak a lot about leadership that suddenly is is mm-hmm. uh, showing up in a lot of players and the the, the growing camaraderie and the optimism that uh, players have towards this season. And I feel like that's something that's understated all the time because people always you know, compare and, and rank and something we're guilty of doing and we will do in, in a bit. But I feel like a lot of teams can actually uh, beat the odds against them, so to speak, kind of like the Valiant did last season. So I feel like uh, the ground is ripe for the Titans uh, if they are going into the season with, you know, these great uh, potential, with this great potential for synergy and leadership within the team. And then as we wrap up the payload, there is, as we said, an experimental card tournament taking place this weekend. All teams will have representation. Uh, The Toronto Defiant team, which is a relatively stacked team, if you were to consider its its structure, Mm -hmm. has members of the Defiant organization involved. So you got three players. You got Logix, Hisu, and Sado. You've got Karku, one of their content creators. And they also have Scarlet, who's their community manager, and Jinzo, who's a junior motion designer. Uh, all representing the Toronto Defiant as a team known as the Def- the Defiance, which <laughs> is actually the name of their organizational community group, n- not to be confused with Alpha Flight, which is actually the community community group yep. of supporters. So, um, I'm looking forward to to this group coming out, the Toronto Defiant to Twitter account to reveal the roster. It's well done. It's well put together. Um, I think it's great representation. The Titans do have representation in this tournament. If you happen to follow the Vancouver Titans Twitter account, you wouldn't have a clue. Like that's, this is the part that, that really confuses me that this is happening. The Overwatch League is promoting this event. It's on overwatchleague.com and the Vancouver Titans Twitter account hasn't even acknowledged that this is this is taking place. If, however, you happen to follow Flubby on Twitter, you'll have seen that uh, the Vancouver Titans team titled, was it, I think, Team Wheats? I think so. Something like that um, in, uh, in honor of departed uh, assistant coach Wheats. Yeah, yeah. Um, this team is made up of Shredlock, Taru, Rolf, and then you've got a number of Houston Outlaws uh, connections. Juby, Dove, Papaya Pete, Jangu, and Jake. So I, I'm confused 
on a number of different levels of <laughs> you're like, not alone. Like the Vancouver Titans, are they are they taking this experimental card tourney by also taking like isn't it an experimental team? Where not it's a hybrid of like the outlaws and the titans. But this is the other part. Like I I understand the connection, right? It's like, the neon green connection. Maybe maybe that's what it is, the green connection. <laughs> and, and this is the, the thing though, is if you if you really sort of stir the tea leaves. The, there is a tweet from the, the Titans Twitter account that referred to Houston Outlaws, Vancouver Titans, and St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So there's a bromance going on. Maybe, maybe. I, I Again, it's it's weird. Harsha's still there, right? Yeah, Harsha's, like, there's, I, I understand connections. <laughs> yeah, but it's then, weird. But then, like, why, why would Linkser not necessarily be involved? Although, again, it, could it be that Linkser isn't involved because he's still trying to find his way to Vancouver? I don't know if Tur is in Vancouver. Mm. I've not seen any indication that that's the case. Um, Shredlock and, and Rolf, they'll be at least this side of the border. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. But I'm not too concerned. The experimental card tournament is going to be all sorts of crazy. Um, and I actually, I think uh, I'm going to enjoy what we're, we're going to see. But we'll talk yeah. more about that uh, a little bit uh, later in the fray. So that all said, why don't we take ourselves a quick break and then dive into the aforementioned fray. It's a good thing we waited to do our power rankings until at least this episode. Why might you ask? Well, it has everything to do with the fact that the Los Angeles Valiant have announced their competitive roster for at least the start of the season. Oh boy. First and foremost, there, okay, let me rephrase this. There are a couple recognizable names. But when the team came out and you have Overwatch League talent throwing the team and roster under the bus, that's a bad look. So if for some reason you haven't seen this roster announcement, who's on it? Well, Crystal, back in the Overwatch League once again, uh, Mulanran, Silver3, NVM, Shocheng, Heidi, and is it Waya or... Yeah. Why? Well, and coached by JP Cat and Hiko. Now, just those names alone, if you've been following the scene, will give you a point of confusion because you'd be like, well, wait, how many tanks do they have in that <laughs> roster? Okay. Let me run down this roster, um, give you the rundown. First of all, when the guy who ended his career with like a legal battle against his former team is like the player you feel the best about, you're in trouble. <laughs> now, it has a very pungent season one Shanghai smell to it all. So outside of Crystal, right, mm-hmm. they have three guys who did not touch pro Overwatch since 2019. They have one guy who didn't play Overwatch since 2018. Their flex DPS is an off tank. 
Uh, sorry, they have a flex DPS playing on off tank. And they have an off tank playing main support. Uh, <laughs> wait, how, how that sound goes? <laughs> like, I will be the first to always admit that when it comes to the competitive scene, um, I, I work within a deficit because it's not something that I follow outside of the two teams that uh, are important to me, the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver yeah. Titans. But I, I, I sort of see names and I, I read content and, and from a number of trusted sources. Yeah. I don't think I saw too many of these trusted sources suggest that this roster has a chance. And that's the scary part. You know there is going to be the opportunity for a team to be beaten by the Valiant. And I, I really hope it's neither the Titans nor the Defiant that are that team that give this they're, roster a win. Although, I don't know how this roster gets a win. Yeah, they're going to play in APAC. Who who there in the, the APAC region uh, is going well, to lose? Like, that's a good point. Like, how do they make it into <sighs> a, a playoff? Yeah, I, I don't you think we, we have the risk of meeting them. No, good, good, good point. I actually, and this, so this is the confusion. It's the LA Valiant. So I'm thinking North America still, but yeah. no, no, LA, not North America, just oh like Philly, goodness. not North America. Well, so, let's just, let's just say I'm going to like do a small preview and a spoiler that Lightforce and me, we, we've agreed just on two teams in our power rankings. It was for the first spot. It was for the 20th spot. I think you can already guess <laughs> yeah, which, which teams those which are. teams occupy those two <laughs> spots? That's true. Um, and then uh, beyond the LA Valiant, we also saw one additional roster addition. The Philadelphia Fusion finally made it official and announced that Rascal is uh, joining their team. Uh, one of the worst kept secrets. Yeah. In fact, you have Rascal tweeting out pictures of him with the Fusion <laughs> before the Fusion have announced that he's part of the team. Uh, I don't um, know which is worse is when the player outs themselves as being yeah. part of the roster or when the Overwatch League simply tells everyone. Yeah, that was the coolest one with Valentine, I think. <laughs> yeah. So there you have it. Those are the more recent changes. I can't imagine we'll see too much uh, uh, player adjustment between now and the start of the season, which is only a few weeks away. Yeah. So with teams now having names in most of the sort of role spots we thought that it was time to release the rsp power rankings powered by science more science less sam let me try a drum roll okay that's the best i can do <laughs> but that's correct it is just omni and i contributing to these power rankings what does that mean well the soul dynasty aren't going to be ranked first by anyone <laughs> you ranked them pretty high okay i did true and i i i I will concede when it came to ranking the teams, I had a lot more difficulty this season compared to, to seasons previous. Sure. Some of it had to do with sort of the complexity of how the league structure is, because I, I started trying to think like, okay, well, is this team truly sort of this good or this bad? Like, you know, playing based on who they're going to be playing against. Yeah. And because of that, I, I struggled. Like some of our picks are are quite a bit different yeah. where I might've put someone compared to you. Dynasty is actually an example <clears> of that, <throat> but there's also another team that'll probably rock people's socks as to how high I might be on them. Sure. And, but, and one for me as well, I think. Yeah. 
But uh, when it comes down to it, I think the way we approach this was fair. So to give some some background as to how we established the rankings, we evaluated the three main roles, tank, DPS, support. We scored those roles anywhere from one to six with half points being possible. Yeah. We then took those scores and provided a cumulative amount. And where in place a tie existed, we then sort of went DPS tank support sort of as the tiebreaker. Yeah. And uh, there might be argument, oh, wait, these roles yeah. aren't, you know, all that. But we needed something to break the tie other than coins. During during GOAT season, it was I prioritized for tanks. I think a lot well, of people who, will agree no that one, now it's more uh, skewed towards DPS. Yeah, yeah. And it, during GOATs, <clears throat> why would you skew DPS, really? <laughs> well, I mean, the break uh, was true. pretty important. <laughs> true. Um, but, uh, you know, all things being said, uh, instead, you know, there are two teams that we settled on, uh, team number one, no surprise, San Francisco shock, but uh, we should go from the bottom. Let's, we, we can talk well, about, we, San Francisco. we will, we will, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it, I didn't, we already <clears throat> let the cat out of the bag, San That's Francisco true. shock, top of the table, right. But down at the bottom, <laughs> which I have yet to see a power ranking of any sort of any structure actually not have this particular team listed there. It's the team from Los Angeles, the but Valiant. not the yeah. Valiant. Nor will yeah. you see a power ranking placing them above. That's not, uh, maybe one that's just trolling, but. Yeah. Well, I think, was it Custa that listed the LA Valiant in their own tier? Uh, bad management? Uh, Something yeah. like that? I man, it's well, like I said, a flex DPS on off tank and an off tank on main support. Woo. Yeah. The uh classifications and tiers, though. So as they have been over seasons <laughs> past, we've got three classifications. We've got a group of teams that are out of the playoffs, a group of teams that will be competitive within a wild card perspective, and then we've got a, a group of teams that are sort of playoff locks. Now, obviously, with how the season is structured, where there's sort of um, different sort of seasons or stages. We're really talking more over about sort of the season in general. And then within each of these three classifications, there's a different number of tiers. And in our out of the playoffs tier, we have reported for throwing, we have GG easy, and then we have quote unquote upside. In wildcard, we have mediocre city as well as the pretenders. And in the playoffs classification, we have almost there and at the top, contenders and one more thing we should clarify we did not do like many other uh rankings we did not separate apac from from oh, no. na yeah everything everything is from essentially one through 20 or as we're going to now present it to you right 20 all the way up to one so yeah la valiant they're currently out of the playoffs reported for throwing i contemplated whether or not we should give la their own sort of tier Probably it feels like an insult putting them with like uh, 19 at the same <laughs> True. designation or tier name. Yeah. We haven't but, predicted something that <laughs> bad. Well, no, actually, if you consider in previous seasons when, you know, even Sam was skewing the results, I don't think we ever were, had a clear cut bottom of the barrel team. No, like we have groups of teams that are sort of there 
but I don't think we've ever had across the board. This is it. Yeah. But as far as sort of the teams that are above that, if you look at sort of our rankings, essentially from 20 to 15, we're pretty close. We've got some outliers, but, but ultimately in that sort of space, if you had a team higher, it was by like one spot than me. Right. Or if we had like three teams, they'd be a little mixed up. Sure. So going in at the 19th spot, which is in the tier of not the LA Valiant, but also reported for throwing, our RSP ranking is the Paris Eternal. How did we get to that? You had them at 19. I had them at 17. But based on tiebreakers, uh, we ended up having Paris Eternal come in on the 19 spot. Why? Why Paris at 19? Now that you like say it out loud, I, I have some mis- misgivings about it. But then again, you look at the teams that are placed around that mm-hmm. neighborhood and, and you feel like, you know, it's a toss of a head. I guess I guess they, they have good good players there. They have Naga, they have Khan, Onigad. But other than that, when I when I look about when I look at their uh, um Depth, maybe it's it's not there. It's a, a it's one of those teams that have that they have seven uh, seven players and three rookies, and I I don't feel confident about their tank line that much. And uh, well, I also based based this, based this off, I guess, uh, still from Tuna playing on on mm-hmm. ping, which he will not be, and uh, looking pretty good. Well, well, not. Maybe not as bad as before. True. I mean, he, he'll be playing with his team who will all be playing on ping. Yeah. Well, right. to be honest, for me, it was a toss-up between, uh, you know, the, the the other two teams above it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that I'm not completely unbiased. So that probably had something to do with it. And and uh, let's just talk about the next team as well that's in 18. Yeah, and, and on the 18th spot... London Spitfire is the RSP ranking. You had them in the 18th spot. I had them in the 19th spot. And when I was sort of going through this, again, sort of these three teams we were talking about, for me, there were sort of toss-ups and I might've penalized one team more than others. But I feel like when I look at the Paris Eternal roster, there's potential. I'm just not confident in in that level of potential. Add in ping, problematic. I look at the Spitfire roster, and it's one of the reasons why I had them ranked as low as they, they were, is that there might be opportunity for this team to do well next year. I, I agree. They have definitely more rookies than, than uh, Paris. but and, and one might say, like, on paper, these teams kind of have the same amount of talent. But why I gave them the edge over Paris is the fact that most of these players already played together and, and had success in the past as the British Hurricanes. So... Hottie, Molf, right? Sparker, when he's uh, when he becomes of age, they already know how to play with each other, and and we have seen how synergy helps you out, uh, especially at that early onset of a season. So I, I give them kind of the edge over uh, a team like Paris, and mm-hmm. and they've added the, like uh, some veteran presence in there with Ripa, Kellex, and Blase, who are back to you know having having their spot and, and Blase when he's not on the McCree is actually pretty darn good. And I don't think uh, 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 they 
fall off at any position uh, compared to the the Paris Eternal. And given their previous experience, I, I think they're a bit better. So the London Spitfire coming in at the 18th spot are the first of the GGEZ group. We had on the number 17 spot, the RSP ranking of Vancouver Titans. That's right. The Vancouver Titans, yeah. we have them at 17. And ultimately, the the argument that we had with ourselves was where do we rank the Eternal Spitfire and Titans? Uh, I had the Titans at the 18th spot. You had them a little bit higher at the sure. 17th spot. Um, but when I looked at the Titans comparative to other teams in the league, it was difficult for me to be confident in how this right. team's constructed and if it's for success. Mm-hmm. Um, Shredlock, I quite like the kid, but there are some significant question marks as to his role within uh, the main tank. And that's, again, an extremely important role for a team to be successful. Yes, the addition of Linkser, I think, is a good complement to Dalton. But is he to the same level that Shockwave was? And as we saw with the Titans, if at any point in time one of those DPS uh, pair falters, it puts extreme pressure on the other. I look at support. I'm, I'm big on Rolf. Um, I like the kid. I think he's got good leadership. He's, he's very level. Uh, set. And when you think about uh, bringing in uh, the likes of Fire, who I think will sort of, they'll be that sort of calming force, links her to some respect. Um, I'm <laughs> Brian Wiener. He's a character. Uh, if you read Flubby's uh, article, he's like, oh no, he's, he's really positive. He's, he's encouraging. And I'm sure that that's the case. It's just the public persona doesn't seem to line up with the described persona. And then Teru, I just don't know anything about. Yeah, but that's what you want, right? You want that leadership and positivity. Like, uh, they're not far, right? It's interchangeable, London, Paris, and Vancouver. The reason mm-hmm. why I chose to put them above is is, is because they still have that same thing that I mentioned uh, London have uh, for having, right? That previous experience with each other. Big mm-hmm. portion of this team already knows how to play with each other. Uh, and, and the additions also came from, you know, the, the same team in Fire and, and Fried Winner. Uh, links or not, but... but uh, and, and the one thing that I think they do have over uh, Spitfire is that they had the majority of the players already play in the Overwatch League. So they yes. have that experience in the big stage on the big stage which uh you know considering their circumstances they they looked up at the challenge and they they performed pretty well nobody expected them to do as well as they did last season so why can't they do it again yeah and i you know just in in fairness i had the titans above the spitfire two on my rankings just Mm -hmm. as you did the difference maker here was how we sort of looked at paris you looked them a little more critically than I did. I looked at Paris as maybe having a little more consistency than what the, the Titans put, would put out. But again, those three teams, and if you you know are, are sort of interchangeable, and if you look at a number of power rankings, that seems to be pretty consistent with with how many people are are seeing them. At number sixteen, the last of the GG Easy tier, we had the Houston Outlaws. How did we get that? Well, you had the Outlaws a little bit higher at fifteen. I had them at sixteen. Tiebreaker ensues. Outlaws come into the 16 spot. So why is it that, that I'm not going to say you are so much higher on the outlaws <laughs> than I am. I like their DPS lineup. Obviously I think that's the main dish on that team. 
but I think also that they might be you know too heavily invested in that spot. They have Happy, who's a great hit scan, but then they have Dante, KSF, Hydration, Jake. Uh, who well, Jake is going to pop off on the experimental. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He still occupies a roster spot, though. And maybe yeah. if they do play Junkrat, maybe he'll play. Uh, Django and Pig- Piggy, um, they're rookies. It's kind of scary to put up a duo of, of, of rookies as your you know tank line. And um, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Boink. Crimson, I do like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I, I like the teams above a little bit more, but they are. Uh, they, I feel like there is a little bit of separation between Houston and the pre- previous teams that we talked about. Yeah. Well, and that, and that's sort of an area I agree. When we look at Houston, the fact that they're in GG Easy is simply because for our tiers, we didn't adjust the size based on how we felt of the. Oh, so sorry about that. Maybe well, I no, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, we got to no, keep things consistent season over it season. It sounds to me like you're, you know, throwing shots at me. Like, yeah, I totally am. Okay. Sam, Sam's not here to do it. Okay. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. With Houston, it's all about damage. Problem? They got too much of it. Support <laughs> line? Not bad. Big question marks in, in the tank space. So I, I struggled to go and consider where yeah. they would fit with teams ahead of them. We don't know what we don't know. Yeah. Uh, team number 15, first in the upside tier, we had the ranking place Chengdu Hunters here. Now, Chengdu, I had them in the 15 spot. You had them a little bit higher in the 13 spot. And again, we're sort of seeing things move around based on the placement of other teams. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how to look at Chengdu and suggest this is a good team, but then Chengdu does Chengdu things. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's we're still pretty low, right? Fifteenth out of twenty. But these teams that we're going to talk about right now, I guess all the way up to maybe ninth or even yeah, mm-hmm. about the ninth spot, they're so cramped up together that the the difference between them is is quite quite uh, uh, minuscule. And they do have a lot of rookies coming in. Obviously, some of them are coming from you know the the great team CC. But uh, I don't know, Jimmy. We don't really know much about Jinmu. Obviously, is it's going to be great. But I don't really know. I'm not really sure why Evelto was downgraded to you know playing the 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 two way role. Uh, far away in 1987, I heard great things about. But again, when you look at other teams ranked above them, especially in the APAC region, which I think mm-hmm. uh, is is going to be a challenge for them as well. It, except for when they play the LA Valiant. I think the teams above them are a bit better, a bit more, uh, at least known quantities in, in a yeah. lot of the positions. Well, and, and on that note, something you had mentioned is how sort of from this spot up to like the sixth-ish spot was was a logjam. I had to ask you, how are you performing tiebreakers? Because I had seven teams at one point tied. Uh, I, I had like only... I think three teams or four teams. And like I said before, I would look at the the DPS uh, ranking first. I'll prioritize yeah. that. But then like the, the, the ranking that we are reading uh, off of na- right now is also an average between both of our rankings. So a mm-hmm. lot of the ties were kind of... Uh, well, uh, no, but like when I say I, I had out. like... 
I had like seven teams tied. This is where we we encountered it. Here's the seven teams I almost evaluated equally. So right. when I started breaking the ties, that's when we started to see sort of some things skew a little bit. We're going to talk <laughs> about one of those in a short moment. But Chengdu mm-hmm. is one of them. Chengdu, I feel, has, has a lot more potential. Um, but I also, I'm not too upset with having them in the 15 spot. Right. Yeah. Uh, the number 14 team is the Boston Uprising. How did we get this? You had them in this spot, number 14. Me, on the other hand, I had them up at 11. I had them in a wild card team, smack in the middle of mediocre city. You had them in the smack in the middle of upside. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate your you putting them that high. After, especially after seeing them play. Well, so this it could be recency because, yes, you're right. Yeah. I have had this opportunity to watch them play, and I was impressed with what I saw. Yeah. And this then, I'm thinking, okay, I haven't, like, like when we think about the power rankings, we're, we're basing this based on science, obviously, as much science <laughs> as we can possibly science into this. But we have not seen these teams compete against each other. We haven't seen sort of how the meta right. will flesh out. And with Boston having had that opportunity to show us a performance that was impressive, I started to maybe skew a little upwards. I got a little high on them. Maybe not so high that our friends over at uh, the Weekly Uprising will be impressed, but I think me having them at the 11th spot, people will be like, whoa, what the heck are you talking about? But again, this from Chengdu up, seven teams tied. So if you had Boston and Chengdu switch, how you know, much different are they outside of us needing to assign a numeric value? Yeah. Also, um, I had to give the team some bonus points for someone that's not even on the squad. Uh, Punk's dad, he's awesome. Hmm. And they have the Overwatch League commissioner too, so <laughs> that's, that's right. bound to help them. So <laughs> That's right. But yeah, I, I mean, this is one of the first uh, teams that that boasts a player that literally that can win you maps with mm-hmm. Valentine, I think. Yeah. Number 13, the end of the out of the playoffs classification, the last in the upside group, we had the Atlanta Reign. How did we get that ranking? You were low on them. You had them in the 16 spot. Me, I was high on them. I had them in the nine spot. Let me tell you why I had the Reign up a little higher. For me, I looked at Gator and Hawk as being a very capable tank line. Um, I felt having sort of a Disenkai Pelican as being equally sort of capable as EPS, not not too flashy, but again, capable. And then from a support perspective with Massa and, and Iris, or it's Iris now, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, capable. Like there's, there's capable, capable, capable. The reason they got that highest ranking from me comes down to that tie and how I started to break down the tiebreaker going DPS, then tank, then support. So where you have them placed was just outside of where I, my tie existed. My tie hit at the 15, essentially from team nine to team 15. Actually, it might've been a little bit higher than nine, but the point being, if the rain are lower, I have no problem with this. Although I don't necessarily know they're in the 16 spot. Yeah, you're probably right. I think I, I placed Houston above them a little bit. Um, cause, cause to me, and, and, uh, I, I placed Houston, Boston and Chengdu that we already talked about a little bit mm-hmm. above at Atlanta. 
I feel confident about their DPS lineup. So they have, like you said, Edison, Pelican, and Kai, who's, you know, K- KSP. Uh, Gator and Hawk. Man, I wish they had, like, some depth there, too. And I don't know if they are as hero pool, you know. Uh, uh, um, I think they might be prone to different metas a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, uh, the same can be said for their support line, especially uh, at least compared to, you know, the other teams that I placed above them. You, you, I think they'll be volatile more, more, even more than they were before. I do feel like they're going through a downgrade coming from, you know, the past season onto this one. Uh, I feel like a team like Boston can beat them. Well, and, and that, see, this is where I started to have the struggle. Like sure. I, I had Boston ranked higher than, than you did. I had the rain above Boston, but I, I, I don't disagree with that point that you just raised. Again, it's, it's so difficult. So there's these, these teams that I think will be very competitive amongst themselves. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, number 12 spot, Newark Excelsior. Now the Excelsior uh, essentially is the middle of where we had them. I had them on the 14 spot. You've had them on the 10 spot. You had and, them pretty low. You want to? Well, so this is again the this is where the struggle was with the Excelsior, because our tiebreaker went damage tank support. Their support group is where I see all of their strength. Not not Jonak, right? Like, and so unfortunately, they fall because of how the tie we structured this tiebreaker. If we if we apply weight to support and we move that up, they suddenly shoot up. Yeah, I, I don't see that much issues with their DPS lineup, to be honest. Like, Feather is uh, is touted as being really, really good. I don't know much about Flora, but Guangbong is also really, really nice. I totally agree with you on the tank uh, um, well, duo. They're much Bianca weaker Yac- than before. Yeah, Bianca Yakpung is where they... That's that's ultimately what caused them to fall, is, yeah. is that the the D- DPS, they, they were in the fight tank fell and because support like the way the tiebreaker work as soon as i got that differentiation i didn't take it a step further and yeah. bump teams back up Ivy so, as well i don't know yeah i again it's it's just how i did the tiebreaker if if we put support higher up if we dropped tank after support that alone bumps the excelsior up like that's truly unfortunately for me it's tank that cost them and and this is the least hyped I ever felt about New York, which is probably why I'm like putting we're putting them as low as opposed to surgical. always overrating them <laughs> before. Yeah, well, like very surgical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they need to be under feel uh, like they're the underdogs at one point to you know pop off. Who knows? Yeah, the uh, it's it's interesting. But the next two teams we go through, essentially, we're splitting the middle of of where our rankings are. So in the number eleven spot, mediocre city is the Guangzhou Charge. Uh, the Guangzhou Charge got there because you had them in the eight spot. I had them in the thirteen spot. Um, how how did you have the charge as high as you did? I'm I'm curious. Uh, I have three names for you. It's Krong, it's uh, Rio, and it's Eileen. I, I, I can't put them below. Like these, these players are really, really good. And I feel like definitely they're weaker than last year. Well, last year they were really, really, really strong. Uh, they lost Nero. 
uh, who did they lose? They lost Shu, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Happy was also on their side. Yeah. They've got Kareev down the support line. I mean. True, true. He might thrive there back. I, I, I guess it depends on – a lot depends on their new, new players. Maybe uh, McKaylee and Choice of One. We don't cho- – Chosen One, I guess that's yeah. <laughs> how you say it. But uh, wow, I don't know. It, it's a tough one. Yeah. Well, see, and again, like sort of how you're sort of describing this, tiebreaker hurt them because damage, tank – support so it, i you know you one could suggest how could you have the charge ahead of the excelsior well we both do well but when i start to look at sort of how we were breaking ties for me the charge fell because the moment i went from damage to tank like when i see where the, the charge have strength i'm i'm confident mm-hmm. i'm completely confident sort of in that tank lineup i'm i'm thinking the support's capable but damage i had some question marks and i felt there were teams that were in that sort of tied group better represented by those sort of but also the reason why i I, I put them over the nyxl because they have you know come on eileen and (laughs) yeah yeah you you don't you don't have that on on the other teams so yeah you don't have a song to kind of prep you into battle i guess Sadiators is one, but <laughs> we'll get there. They're they're higher. Uh, the number ten spot we had the Toronto Defiant. That's right. We have the Toronto Defiant hey. in the middle of the wild card classification, just at the top of the mediocre city group. They got there because you had them into twelve spot, but I had them as high as seven. Mm. Wow! Now, so I feel, and I, you know, maybe I'm completely out of my gourd here, but I think there are a lot of people sleeping on the Toronto Defiant. Maybe it's because I'm drinking the Toronto Kool-Aid. And I'll admit, maybe that's the case. But KDG is working what I feel is some magic, similar to what we saw Mm -hmm. take place in Philadelphia. And when I look at this roster there, there is this sort of level of confidence that I have that just like, I, again, I, I feel their, their DPS group is cracking. I feel their tank line is more than adequate. I have some questions with support, like, uh, and soon Jay Aztec, I have some questions there. I think Lastro is a good addition, but like, I just feel that I think people are sleeping. And I think that that this team deserves this this higher ranking as a result they were not in the tied group this is the, the toronto defiant this isn't like oh hey how'd you do the tiebreakers no the toronto defiant scored this high they were actually the bottom of an earlier tiebreaker yeah i like Sado and michelle like you i have an issue that like at least from the known capacity like hisu and logics they they're basically the same uh, they have the basically the same hero pool in a, in a way uh yeah depth kind of is not enough at least to place them above uh, you know the 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 really good teams but they definitely have an upside yeah like they kind of remind me of of a a boston uprising but only in like uh the tier above that they can punch up and then Mm -hmm. beat teams that might be you know better on paper yeah. Well, I mean, if we think about the rankings, like I ha- still had the Toronto Defiant in that wild card classification. They were just top of that wild card. So I, I, I just, again. But, oh, I don't want to spoil too much. You you had 
them above some teams that we're going to talk about soon. Mm-hmm. I, I have issues with. Well, okay, no, I know, but again, you know, if someone wants to say, "Chris, you're oh, drinking my. the Toronto Kool Aid," that could very well be the case. Uh, the number nine spot, we have the Florida Ma'am. This is the result of you having the Ma'am ranked eleven, me having them ranked six. How are they six? Uh, so okay, I, I I'm going to walk through sort of how I, I okay. came up with this score. I am high on damage and support. Now, okay, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's where I have some big faith uh, on the support line. Slime is there. I feel slime is a solid main support, one yeah. of the better options that you have in the league. Uh, Gangnam Jim, I think, is a, a good complementary flex support to the the role that slime will play. When I look at their damage with BQB and Yaki, I think that's a very potent damage line checkmate. I don't know too much about, but again, BQB and Yaki, I think, are are, are going to be very potent. The weakness here, OGE and Gargoyle, but I just, for some reason or another, I feel that they are going to be just above sort of capable. Mm-hmm. And again, there were there was a, a tie, as I had said earlier, this sort of three-way tie. Sure you know, Florida and Toronto were in this three-way tie and a team that we haven't, haven't spoken about yet. So yeah, maybe Florida drops a yeah. little bit. Toronto, I have Toronto going up, but that's the thing. Like I'm in this weird space where I just, I look at what they got and I think, I think that's it. I also think that like support is their, you know, main strength. I gave 4.5 score to their support. Obviously the sliming Gangnam Jim both are like star, mm-hmm. a role star uh, a level of players. Um, I gave a four in tanks and hit scan DPS. So four is no longer like star territory, not anymore. At least the OG maybe at one point was considered to be a star player. I don't think it's it's enough to be good, but not really good. And maybe that's why I placed them as low as I have. Um, I mean, yeah. I placed them below NYXL. Maybe that was a mistake, but that's why we have the, you know, each other to, you know, average out. Yeah. Well, and you know, there are a couple outliers here. This, this is sort of one of them where I think a lot of people would like, how, how could Chris have Florida as high as he does? You know, I, I just, there's, there's this. Well, they have great color too. Well, I mean, heck I want, yeah. The Miami vice pink and black. Let me tell you that, that, that like puts you up like at least two, three spots on our rankings. Just like, you know, uh, punk's dad, Papa punk got bonus sure. points for Boston, Florida, man got bonus points for, uh, <laughs> you know, colors. Um, the number eight spot. Now this, this is actually one. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. We have, there's a couple like, what the heck is going on here? This is, this is probably, I think one of the biggest ones. So the Dallas fuel we have in the eight spot. How did we get the fuel here? <laughs> well, you have them as the number four team in the league, and I had them as the number 12. Now, again, Dallas is in that big tide group. So arguably, it's they could have finished higher within yeah. my my standings, if again tiebreaker skimming, which then elevates the average. I just don't know how you get the fuel as a number four team. Uh, maybe I'm high on that fuel. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I know. Maybe maybe up here? season one me uh, rears its ugly head again. I, I, listen, if, if okay, 
If you forget for I know it's impossible and technically we shouldn't do this, but if you forget the fact that this is the Dallas fuel, forget about that, right? Disassociate yourself with that blue flame. And then you listen to a lineup of Fearless, Hanbin, Exe, Sparkle, Doha, Jexy, and Fielder and Rappel at the end. Like, how can you place Atlanta above them? How can you place Boston above them? Come on. Okay. Well, for, first and foremost, I've, I don't know how many times I'm going to go, you know, and lose my voice. <laughs> This is tiebreakers that that adjusted those teams. Like the, they shouldn't be the, tied, though. How can they be tied? I I gave Dallas. I I don't know. I gave them five point five on on DPS, which is uh, tied for like the second best. I want to say in the league. So uh, okay, I had with Dallas. Like for Dallas, I have both DPS and support. I scored them as fours. Now, the, well, I'm. Well, I feel I, there are there are. Sure, changes. you're you're uh, it, it, you're entitled to you well, know, your your wrong opinions, but well, no. Well, like if you consider, <laughs> like there are, if you look at my rankings, there are a number of teams that scored four five, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's there are a number of teams. Like if we think of if we look at actually all the teams here that I've scored where like damage is four, there is a big block of teams. I think that's you know, where we have this like mess of, of teams in the middle, then things start to skew at tank. I think there's a, there's quite a few teams. Uh, I I just looked at your, your thing. How, okay. I'm not going to do this anymore, but how can you place BQB and Yaki with a higher score than Exe and Sparkle? How? Well, it's easy. I I type America explain. Do you know this video? (laughs) <laughs> I, I type I type I type numbers into the spreadsheet. Oh my goodness! Okay, I, okay. Again, I'm I'm basing it on science. I can't I can't well, let yeah, out the Chris secrets fair. there. That's fair. I think me putting them at four is also really dumb. So okay. <laughs> so I bet you the eight spot's probably a good spot for them. To <laughs> probably, be. you know that that's that's what I said. We we cancel each other's uh, ridiculous out ridiculousness out. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's, sure. Yeah. Uh, the number seven spot, last team in the wildcard classification. Also the top of the pretenders, we have the Washington Justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had the Justice at the sixth spot. I had them a little bit lower at the 10 spot. Uh, I, I So the Justice were a difficult team for me. Of, mm-hmm. of, of a number of the teams, the Justice were one that I, I struggled to sort of provide a, a score. I changed the numbers I had assigned many times. Um, I, you know what? I'm, I'm looking at this now and I wonder if I've maybe hurt them. Like, do they deserve another half point on tank? Maybe it's, it's, it's hard to say because like mag, I think it's the same for the team that's going to come up uh, next. Mm -hmm. They have like this very hyped up rookie main tank that might be like rookie of the year. So yeah. it all kind of rises and falls, especially at this level on, on, on his performance. Uh, other than that, yeah, I, I'd say support is not as great as the teams that we have above. Yep. But man, it, Decay, he can, well, we saw what he did. 
Well, and that's like, see, this is the thing. Like, I, Decay Jerry, uh, Assassin Tuba. Assassin, like, right? I mean, oh my goodness. Like, I, I, I'm looking at DPS Ooh. and I'm like, Whew. yeah. I, so again, I, I would be willing to elevate my, my justice score. I truly would. It's too late now. We've locked in. Science does, you can't change that, science. That's, that's absolutely. That's like, like before. That's why I have them that high. So it, you know, it elevates yeah, them already. Yeah, if we like, I mean, ultimately though, if we elevate, if I elevate justice, I don't think it changes where we have them placed in the seven spot. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's again science. Mm-hmm. Should we move into our top six? Yeah, it's about time. Yeah. So top six in the playoff classification, bottom of the almost there tier, we have the Los Angeles Gladiators. Gladiators. Which it's approximately the middle. Um, you had the Glads at five. I had the Glads at eight. I've already sort of explained how Mayhem Defiant Gladiators were in this sort of mix. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, how you look at these sort of these teams uh, can adjust. But uh, I feel the Gladiators are... Where we have them sort of in the bottom of the playoff group as being sort of the quote unquote underdogs of that tier. But we're also starting to look at how the teams shake down and you see where they are in the region they play in. I think this is a relatively respectful showing. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's will rookie tank live up to hype part two? The team is like very stacked. Oh, yes. They don't have, like, we're at the point where these teams don't have any weaknesses. It's just about who has, you know, the upper tier of of, of uh, star players. And, and these teams that we're going to talk about going forward, they all are stacked with yeah. stars. So Muse, if he really lives up to the hype, he's he might be one of the best main tanks in the league. Space. He's crazy good. One of the best, probably the best off tank in the world uh, from the West, right? Uh, Birdring, Kevster, Mirror, um, they're really, really good as well. And and now they've added Moth and Shu as well. On f- oh my goodness. Yeah. The, the thing about the Gladiators too is this sort of ties into how we saw Boston perform. Los Angeles looked dominant. Yeah. Small sample, obviously. Right, right. Um, but they they looked good. And despite good. having some, I don't know what we describe it in their first their first match, like chemistry or communication issues, they iron those out and they, they completely turn things around. So. It's hard not to look good with such a roster. Yeah. Yeah. The number five spot, Hangzhou Spark. How did we get this? I had him at the five spot. You had him at the six spot or seven spot. Sorry. Um, based on averages and where other teams ranked, we had them come in at five. This is a, a roster that I viewed as being, like in the region that they're playing in, like there's, there are some solid teams. I, they, I could almost be interchangeable, but like I look at the, their tank lineup with, yeah. you know, Gushway, uh, Bernard or uh, Takayaki Elish, a uh, powerful there. I think seeing their damage yeah. is like, this team is, <clears throat> is so overpowered and they added Somansu who yeah. <laughs> I feel in the, the sort of new meta could potentially potentially you know light the region on fire um if he, he pops off and again that doesn't 
talk about the fact they have gods being architect on top of yeah. Shia. And then you look at the support lineup. Like also very good. Very, very good. Yeah. It's when I was scoring, I I I punish their support lineup. I'm looking at my score. I'm feeling a little bit bad about that, but that actually had more to do with me looking at the names saying, I think this is potent, but not knowing enough about them. Mm-hmm. I, I listened to a podcast uh, previewing some of the talent coming out from the Chinese teams uh, in contain, contenders. I forgot who, who was, um, it was a guest on tactical crouch. It doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but like Liga, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Liga, okay. Is like a, about to become really, really good. One of the best off tanks coming into the league, uh, apparently. And Shy is also super dominant. So you pair that up with Gushui, and now is going to have like a dominant off tank next to him. Uh, I, IDK and MCD obviously joining Coldest. They they look really really strong. And Architect, you mentioned it's like an afterthought. That's how stacked this team is, right? Yeah. I, and I, like, be, sorry, being twelve uh, twelve men deep in the roster, they are meta pro, uh, like uh, hero me, meta pro. How should I say? It? They they are they're not proof? gonna. Meta proof, yeah. For some reason, yeah. I wanted to say meta prone, but that's the exact opposite. Hangzhou <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spark. I think if we think of of how they're ranked in the five spot here, that's almost a sleeper pick. Like that's the one mm-hmm. that could totally see this team perform sure. well above sort of where we have them uh, ranked. Uh, team above them, the number four spot, Soul Dynasty. Now the Soul Dynasty got this four spot because of me. <laughs> It's a bit high. It, this is your Dallas pick. The one, the Dallas is, pick for me. This is your Dallas. pick. This is my Dallas pick. I had the Soul Dynasty at the three spot in Owl. You had the Dynasty. Did Sam all put you up for this? I was actually <laughs> thinking about this when I was going through and I was ranking them. Now, how did I come up with this number? Well, ultimately, it's the tank lineup of Gesture Marvel Toyo. Like that, they. I'm high on that group. Sure. And then when I look at sort of their their DPS lineup, Sabiolbi Prophet fits. I, I'm 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 kind of high there. Uh, support with Animo and, and Creative, like again, kind of high. So like when I was just going through, I wasn't thinking. Oh, like, clearly. Okay. <laughs> well, no. Like, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. When we think like when I'm going through, I'm reading and it's like, yep, yep, yep. And I didn't. My first pass, I was thinking of every team in isolation, giving them a score from one sort of through right. to six. And I scored them very well. And, you know, a team that we have yet to mention who I have them ranked above, they scored a little bit lower uh, in one area. But that shift was was drastic um, in regards to sort of how my, my rankings sort of ended up. Um, is it a Sam pick here? Am I, you know, honoring the dearly departed, you know, co-host of the show? Maybe. But I don't know how you rank them as low as nine. Uh, I I don't know about Toyo. I think they the reason why is I think they downgraded a little bit. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm not that big on the addition of Saviolbi. Okay, like he's good, but uh, I don't know. It's profit and gesture, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And Animo and Sabi will be dropping out for NYXL. They'll be incredible in the playoffs. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. they have that cheat code enabled or something like that. 
But for me, the weaknesses are the support and uh, Toyu. I'm not as confident about, especially when I compare them to the team that we have above them. Which is the Shanghai Dragons. Shanghai Dragons are in the three spot. How did they get there? I had them in the four spot. You had them in the two spot. And that's why I sort of, when I look at Seoul, people are like, what the hell? You ranked Seoul above Shanghai? Chris, what is it that you're drinking? It was coffee with some cream and sugar. But where did Shanghai lose the point that caused them to fall below a team like Seoul in my mind? It was their tank lineup. Fate and Void. And I, it's not like it's significantly worse. I just knocked a half point off of that. And that was the difference maker between those sort of two teams. But we we look at their their DPS of Lip, you know, Flutter Erster, uh, support of Lee Jae-gong, Iziaki, Molly. Like, uh, this is a powerhouse team. Yeah. But the fact that I had them ranked one spot below Seoul could very well be the Sam pick. Um, but... You know, when we think about the teams that sort of are left, I mean, we already told you who's at the top of the table, and you've probably figured out through process of elimination who we have sort of placed above the the dragons. I, I feel mean, like the Asian region, This is, it's just there's three teams in my mind that are going to be fighting over maybe four if we yeah. you know, sort of expand it. But You forgot about the Valiant, though. Oh, yeah. You keep Sorry. forgetting them. No, I, I keep. I can't. You know, this. This. <laughs> we're gonna have to redo our power rankings. Maybe we scored them too low. Let me tell you. I mean, I think like Fate performed quite well last season on on the the may uh, on the mayhem. Maybe he's not as good as uh, Fearless. Maybe mm-hmm. Void though. Void. There's only one off tank I'll put above him. Well, it's not a spoiler. It's it's Troy Hobin, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think like on the Diva though, he's the best player. I think he's better than Troy on 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 Diva, uh, and not far behind on the other ones. Uh, so maybe that's why I, I like. I I let me see. I gave them a five on tanks, five on support, and five point five on DPS. So yeah, this is very high territory. Obviously, we're talking about a true contender. It's 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 a toss up. Yeah. Uh, number two spot, no surprise, Philadelphia Fusion. Um, we're sort of into the realm of I had the Fusion at two, you had them at three. And and arguably, if you take Seoul out of the equation, Shanghai and Philly are going to be duking it out at the top. Yeah. Right? Um, why did I have the Fusion above? Pure and simple, their DPS lineup. Carpe Shockwave. Uh, and EQO were solid. Yeah. They added Rascal, and now I, that's a five point five for me right there. Yeah, for me as well. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it reminds me of that um, reaction gift from from Jesse from Breaking Bad. They can't keep getting away with this. It feels like every off season they just get like more and more power and more yeah. power. But Which, then again, they never make it all the way. Uh, true. Well, <laughs> but okay, they, they're, they're, there's a couple differences going this season. And I was going to say, is it fair to suggest that the Philadelphia Fusion or the San Francisco Shock of the Asia region, like a team whose bench could potentially be a top-tier team? True, they, the roster's smaller than we've seen yeah. sort of the, the San Francisco Shock role in the past. But when we look at this tank line, Mano Poco, I actually scored Mano Poco a little bit lower. Yeah. Um, and I, again, that 
I think Alarm and Funny Astro is is crazy good. Yeah, first of all, obviously their DPS is you know very very good. Then it's their support, and I think the, the tank lineup is actually it's still incredible, but it's probably like the weakest of the the three strong parts that they have. Yeah, um, but yeah, fusion. I, I don't I don't like them losing Sato, but it is what it is. Mono is as good a replacement as he could have gotten, right? And then you have the team at the top, San Francisco Shock. I mean, what is there that we can say about the San Francisco Shock? Like, it's It's a good team that just continues to remain good. Just not fair. Like, best tanks by far. Um, Top two in DPS. And that doesn't mean that they're, like, second top two. And I think they're also top two in in support. Mm -hmm. Who did I have? And that's losing Moth. Yeah, that's losing month. Exactly. That's how ridiculous they are. Maybe the only thing we can say is that they might, might be weaker than last season. Might. But we already said that last time and they still won the championship. And they still have Krusty. Uh, they are, you know, the top dog. They are the, the team to beat. And the only thing that can beat them is probably the San Francisco Shock themselves if their their hearts are not in it. But, but mm-hmm. they, they keep on bringing this fresh blood all the time. They brought in Glister and, and Nero. Like, how ridiculous is that? It's it's just, you know, at this point, like, I don't know if you get the reference, but but David Stern at the time when he blocked the trade of CP3 to, to um, LA Lakers, he said that it was because of basketball reasons. I think, like, they need to do, like, Overwatch League reasons and then, like, stop this stop. team from just getting strong. They have they, to be stopped. Like, I mean, if there's a salary cap or like that's that's probably what there should needed. be a, a talent cap, talent cap, yeah. Um, but uh, going through our rankings from top to bottom, one through twenty, we got the Shock, Fusion, Dragons, Dynasty, Spark, Gladiators, Justice, Fuel, Mayhem, Defiant, Charge, Excelsior, Rain, Uprising, Hunters, Outlaws, Titans, Spitfire, Eternal, and Valiant. Uh, Omni, as always, will whip together a phenomenal graphic to visually represent that. We'll make sure we share it in social as well as in RSP Discord. And you'll probably notice him pump it out in all the uh, subreddits that are out there. <laughs> Presuming you don't get, like, hammered by uh, Yeah, the mods. ones that I'm still not banned from. Yeah. Uh, but if you disagree with any of our picks, let us know. Um, remember, our picks are powered by science, <laughs> no longer by Sam. That's some funky science. No. Uh, few other things we wanted to touch on as we get into the end of our show. This experimental card tourney that uh, we talked about at the top of the show in the payload. Um, there's some decent money up for grabs. $40,000 is on the line. And it's essentially uh, an experimental card that you yourself can actually take part in right now. It's in-game. Some of the changes in this experimental uh, card are crazy. For instance, how fun is it in a world where Torbjorn has two turrets? <laughs> like, fun, fun for who? The, the team that tries to go on the point? Mm, I don't know. Well, I was, I, I was playing experimental before we recorded and we had Paris. That's nuts. And, and like, okay, that's cool. So there's a turret over here. There's a turret over there. Like... <laughs> Um, I'm not going to go through all of the changes. There are a ton. Um, the one that I hope actually makes it to game is Anna's self nano. Um, oh man. Can you imagine the tilt? 
on the team. Anna like, self Thanos. <laughs> well, I'm thinking in so much like I I play I've been playing Anna quite a bit more, and in some of the the matches where I'm I'm the only one up, and I'm trying to hold a point, or I'm yeah. trying to stagger, and I've I if I die, that nano dies with me. End of game. That's sure. Fact, you know, that's probably where I might self nano, but you're right. The, the tilt, um, we see some other adjustments, uh, you know, but, uh, we talked about the Torb, um, uh, change the echo change. So the echo change is where, when the ultimate ends, echo only goes back to health, half health. I like this. Yeah. And the reason why is that so many people use Echo's alt as a, oh, full heal. It's it's ridiculous because you, you get to be a different character. And more often than not, yeah, you get to use that alt. But then imagine like you, you're getting killed and it's like you're getting an insta res with yeah. full health. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, like you're the, fighting six, six uh, players. Yeah. Uh, the Genji Dragon Blade. Uh, the number of people playing Genji right now where if you are good at Genji your ultimate kills give you an additional second of alt. Oh my God. <laughs> Sha- Sha- Shadow burn is about to come out of retirement. And Axel too. I had a, uh, a, a nano Genji and it's like, Oh, well, like team kill on his own. And, and I think he also was able to kill some, the, one of the first people he dropped who respawned. Like it was, it was brutal. Um, Hanzo, some some crazy changes. Uh, with Hanzo, his, like, Hanzo should get his scatter back. That would be great. Scatter. Oh man! Um, but the I've I've actually seen people playing Hanzo like a tank for some some reason. <laughs> I, I have a proposition. If they let me like uh, choose the Hanzo thing, I would uh, combine scatter with storm arrow. So he shoots scatter arrows, but like one after another. So it's like all of them scatters. <laughs> How great will that be? It would, it would. Um, so the Reaper change the shadow step voice line's been removed to just make him flankier as ever. Yeah, Reaper should know better. Just shut up, dude. Yeah. You're flanking. Shut your mouth. Now the Reinhardt shatter. So if you're close to the shatter, you're stunned for up to three seconds. But then if you are at the end of range, you're only stunned for the two and a half. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize this. And so what's happening is Reinhardt's will like shatter. They'll go in, they'll walk past those who are down, take a couple swings and then turn around. It's for an aggressive Reinhardt like me, a whole lot of fun. Sure. Uh, soldier, he gets two helix rocket charges. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> like I, I saw a soldier what, essentially what? sniping with rockets. One for each, uh, Torb turret. Yeah, actually, you know, maybe that's where that adjustment uh, took place. Uh, maybe you know, um, the sim turrets are are moving a little bit faster. No, oh my god, uh, not a big deal again. Because when it comes to turrets, who's playing sim when you've got Torb? Um, that's true. Other things have sort of adjusted. I'm just sort of blowing through here. Nothing too crazy, uh, but uh, yeah, if you check out the card, have some fun. I don't imagine it, many, if any, of these changes are going to make it into production. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as why you might want to watch the actual tournament though uh, there is a watch party to watch the matches uh, this weekend on the Overwatch League YouTube channel and apparently they're going to be announcing viewership awards so I don't know if the viewership awards will be announced during the tournament or if they'll be available during the tournament because it's interesting that they talk about 
we're going to be announcing new ways to enjoy them as part of this post on uh, the experimental card journey. Oh, I'm happy about like the entire concept. I think it's a, a great idea and I'm looking forward to it. I think yeah. it will be not the last time uh, this happens. Yeah. New Echo Skin. It's oh, uh, the Fleta nice. Skin. It is very nice. It's uh, the Evil Echo. Um, I These two skins. It's like good and evil. I think, yeah. I think between the two existing MVP skins, it comes very close to John X's own MVP skin, but... Out of the two that exist, I think it's it's pretty close. Yeah, the the Midas Roadhog, the Evil Echo. These are these are some Kraken skins. Quite like it. No, um, not the Midas. I mean the the Jonak MVP. No, no, no. But like the two skins. Oh for yeah, the, the two. Yeah, they're they're yeah, yeah. they're on a tear. Yeah. Recently. The one thing that uh, you may have missed, however, is in the announcement is that apparently this will be the last time we'll see MVP skins. Maybe reading, Overwatch One. Yeah, well, yeah, true. <laughs> I'm reading directly from the post in overwatchleague.com. Don't miss out, as this is the last time a skin will be made for the Overwatch League MVP. Uh, so I don't know how much that has to do with everything that's uh, going on in the world of Sinatra. I don't, um, I don't know. It, it, it kind of, like, happens at the same time, but, but like, to be honest, I don't think everybody else should be punished for it. I, I guess there's something else. Well, I mean, you, you think about the situation and we don't know the circumstances behind this decision and whether or not there's any, you know, truth to what we might suggest, but here you have your league MVP leave your game and go play an entirely different game. And mm -hmm. your moment to celebrate that person is then immediately sure. mitigated because you have to talk about someone who has left you for a competitor. Right. Like, I just, it's and like, I it, guess, I, I guess it's, it's also, you're right. And it's, it's kind of too much of a commitment to tie yourself to a person instead of like a franchise that you control. Well, yeah. And, you know, think about the, like we, you just referred to the Jonak skin. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's how we refer to these skins. We don't refer to them as like, the evil echo, it'll be referred to as the Fleta skin. Yeah. Right. So I, I feel that they're put in this position where they're tying these, these, you know, rewards or acquirable, uh, you know, skins to players and that they're, they're almost conceding the possibility that things could go awry. Yeah. And again, we've, we've, we're not trying to discount the, current situation that Sinatra finds himself in that may have bearing on what's happening here because we know the Overwatch League is offering a refund to anyone who uh, wishes to have one based on the, yeah. on the Sinatra situation. So, uh, you know, that could be the case. And then as you pointed out, maybe it's just a play on words. This is the last time we'll see skins for Overwatch one. <laughs> Yeah, the, the good versus evil one is really good. It's one of the best uh, Echo skins for sure. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, a patch has pushed out since our last episode. Essentially, the previous experimental card went live. Yeah. Um, which is why I, I also added that asterisk to the current experimental card is one that you should not like look to see going game. I, I would be blown away if, if any of those changes did. But hey, you know, maybe that's how they keep the game fresh. Torb gets six turrets. <laughs> so you why? don't need, you don't need teammates anymore yeah so. why have six torbs when you can have six torb turrets true 
Yeah. Oh God. Could you imagine that? Like the different sort of situations that you could have Torb turrets set up like on a payload, two Torb turrets, sim yeah. turrets and a bastion with a shield or two. Oh my God, you're going to give me nightmares. Well, no, you, sorry. No, that's, I, you can't do that because I've gone over one, one damage. So I think <laughs> if you had two Torb turrets and a bastion with two shield tanks. I thought this was supposed to payload, be a, a family oriented podcast. This is too much. <laughs> Um, but yeah, here we are at the end of a, a Kraken show. It's a longer one than usual, but again, it's the power rankings episode and they always go mm-hmm. long. Um, I think, uh, our rankings are, are on point. Obviously the season will prove, uh, there to be truth or not. <laughs> Didn't help us last season. Uh, nobody hits them. No. Um, but, uh, we do have some pretty cool things lined up. As I mentioned, there is a possibility that uh, Justin of the Vancouver Titans is going to join us as part of our season preview shows uh, to talk a little bit about the the Vancouver Titans. You'll definitely not want to miss that episode should it occur. And uh, we are also looking to uh, get someone on from the Defiant, still working on sort of the details and logistics there. So I'm, we're not at that point where we can even sort of share the who, but we're, we're looking to ensure both of the teams that uh, we support uh, getting their due. Don't look too much into the order as to which people appear on the show because we're also working within their schedules and the fact that a season is fast approaching. And the last thing that we would want to do is wreak havoc on preparation. So our our hope is, is that uh, we can get everything sorted out. But yeah, timing will have, if one team goes before the other, nothing to do with rankings, everything to do with availability. But yeah, man, season starts soon. 23 days. Mm-hmm. In fact, based on that alone, when might you look for another show? Next show is going to be on April 6th. April 6th, then April 13, and from there on, we'll be on a week-by-week basis. Mm-hmm. Maybe we have the Titans and the Defiant represented in one show. Make another cracker of, a, of an episode. Could be. Yeah. I mean, hey. Who knows? Or maybe we just go and become an Overwatch League podcast and have all 20 teams represented. Well, no, it'll be 19 because, I mean, I don't think LA Valiant has anyone. That oh, we just did. We just did preview the their season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, is there anyone left in that organization outside of the, the announcement? Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, it's so surreal that that whole situation oh and uh late breaking news uh and it does uh bear mentioning uh bren has taken uh sort of an indefinite break um to to focus on his, his mental health and uh i again we sort of talked a little bit about uh dominique situation earlier completely unrelated uh, be- between the two but we applaud Bren for, for taking the time that is, is needed. Uh, I do hope that we see him back in the overwatch scene. Yeah. Um, he's stepping away from, from plat chat as well um, for, for the time being, but uh, you know, mental health is health and it's important. It's, it's no less important than your physical health, right? Make, make sure you do what you need to do to, to remain healthy or help yourself get healthy. So as we wrap up the show, any final words of wisdom to uh, all of our listeners there on the sweet potatoes or yams? Does it really matter? Are they not the same thing? Well, I'll let you uh, ponder on that 
Technically, mm. no. Oh, well, shows you how much I know then. <laughs> there you go. Well, let me ask you this. Baked potato or roasted baby potatoes? Uh, I'm all for roasting babies, so the latter. Wow, this podcast just got dark <laughs> quick. Do I have to slap like a rating on this? Like, is that is that explicit now? Like, I don't, I don't know. Think so. Like, my goodness, this this just totally changed the dynamic of things. Well, it's not as bad as the Valiant roster, so uh, burn. If you're looking to stay in touch with uh, both myself and Omni, as we had let off the show, you can find us on Twitter at Lightforce, myself at Omni Strife is Omni. Join RSP Discord if you haven't done so already. Discord.io slash ready set poem. Great conversations take place there. Our community is second to no one in the Overwatch League scene. And again, when I talk about our podcast community, I am not sh- trying to compete against the teams. It's just our podcast community is phenomenal. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Ready Set Pwn, And if you're looking for all of our history of episodes, they're available in every podcatcher that exists. We can find everything on ReadySetPone.com. So on behalf of myself, Chris, signing this episode off, we'll see you again in two weeks' time. And by the way, catchphrase. Thank you.